Welcome, beautiful people to Camp Koji. My name is Joel, and thank you for joining me as I break down the biggest gaming news in the week that was on the only podcast you will ever need. Now, today's episode is going to be all about the Game Awards. But before we get to that, I want to quickly talk about Xbox. So last week, Xbox publicly announced that they have entered into a 10-year deal to bring Call of Duty to Nintendo, and that future Call of Duty games will remain on Steam. Neither of these are really huge surprises. You know, from the very beginning when Xbox was talking about buying Activision Blizzard, I believe Phil Spencer had talked about, oh no, we want to bring Call of Duty to more platforms. We want to consider Nintendo, which is something that Activision obviously was not doing. But, you know, publicly announcing this 10-year deal is obviously like a PR play kind of to show uh, the FTC and the UK's CMA, like, hey, look, guys, we're willing and ready to to play ball. We don't want to keep Call of Duty to ourselves. Look, we're even bringing it to a console that probably can't even run it. <laughs> so, you know, it, it really is kind of performative in that way. And, you know, if, let's say they get control of Activision Blizzard next year. So everything goes according to plan. They're able to take over Activision at some point next year. It doesn't mean that Call of Duty is probably going to... Actually, not probably. It definitely means that it's not going to immediately be coming to Nintendo Switch. Uh, obviously, you know, there's all these talks about Switch 2 or Switch HD happening at some point. Maybe something will be made for that. But I still feel like the best solution would be Call of Duty Mobile. I think it would work really well on Nintendo Switch. I think it'll look really good. Uh, and then maybe a version of Warzone 2. Uh, try to get my engineers to work on that. The mainline games, I don't know, that would be kind of tough, I think. Even if there was like this advanced version of the Switch. But, you know, all that is kind of up in the air. We'll have to wait and see. Keeping the games on Steam is pretty obvious too. So, like I said, it's it's... Yeah, it's not like Activision wasn't on Steam, right? They already made that decision. Modern Warfare 2 was released on there. So, of course, Xbox is going to be like, yeah, we're just going to keep it going on Steam. Uh, to the point that Gabe Newell even commented on it. And his response is like, yeah, that's great. You know, we, we don't really need any promises from Xbox. We know that, you know, kind of them saying, we know that they stick to their word. And then almost like this light jab to the way PlayStation does things where they're like, yeah, we're going to require a commitment to bring your games to our platform um and then shortly after that news the ftc sued to block the activision blizzard acquisition because they believed it would enable microsoft to suppress competitors to its xbox consoles and the subscription content and cloud gaming business like i'm pretty sure xbox and activision are are more than ready to um fight for this in court i really don't think the ftc has a really good case here, uh, I strongly believe that this will increase competition between them and, and Sony. I think it will cause Sony to become a little bit more creative in terms of the ways that they decide to compete, especially going forward with things like mobile and PC. You know, um, if you're a PlayStation fan, this could lead to PlayStation games coming day one to, to, uh, uh, to what do you call it, to PlayStation Now. Um, if you're someone on PC, maybe there, you know, there's a room for a PC version of, of PlayStation Now. Uh, maybe there's room to shorten the window between PlayStation and PC releases. Uh, 
Um, I think there are a lot of ways uh, or, or a lot of things that can happen for PlayStation if this deal were to go through. Um, you know, if I really felt like it was anti competitive, I would definitely say so. I kind of still don't think so, even if it's a large publisher. Uh, and then Phil Spencer says there has really been one major opposer to the deal, and it's Sony. Sony is trying to protect their dominance on console. The way they grow is by making Xbox smaller. They don't. They have a different, a very different view of the industry than we do. They don't ship their games day and date on PC. They don't put their games to subscription when they launch their games. They're starting to think about mobile as I see from the outside, just reading some of the moves they're doing. And and obviously that's a big reason why PlayStation doesn't want them to have this. This would give Xbox a significant leg up when it comes to um when it comes to mobile. So if you're PlayStation and that's you know uh, a market that you're approaching right now. Same thing as like with China, you kind of, you, it's like you almost kind of want it all to yourself or you don't want your competition to have an advantage. Um, I don't know if the way they grow is by making Xbox smaller. I mean, you're talking about a company that has over 20 studios <laughs> under its belt. And this is the first time that Sony is opposing a purchase. Uh, they did not oppose the Zenimax media purchase. Um but I think it's more like the way they grow is by, you know, keeping X, like taking away any advantage that Xbox can get and Activision Blizzard would be an advantage for them. I think that's probably a little bit more accurate. So this week's main story is going to be the 2022 Game Awards. I'll be going through chronologically when announcements and awards happened and then sort of at the end just give a recap of how I felt Jeff and his team did uh, this year. So I started off with Dead Cells announcing downloadable content called Return to Castlevania coming first quarter 2023. Definitely a pretty cool trailer there. Then we got the announcement that Returnal is coming to PC. Um, that was really interesting because we kind of all knew it was going to happen at some point. Uh, you know, PlayStation's been running this game of putting these uh, titles on PC after a little bit of time on PlayStation, kind of still keeping them a little bit apart. Uh, you know, it's a really good decision. You know, these types of games, uh, you know, I I personally hate exclusives. I really wish every game was playable on uh, every console. But at the very least, you know, if you're a patient person, you know, you can just own a PC at this point. Xbox is putting their games on there almost immediately. And now you have PlayStation also putting their games over on uh, on PC. Um, yeah, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how this does. I think it, I think it should do pretty well. I think roguelites do really well on PC. So, yeah, we'll have I'm very curious as to how well it's going to sell when it comes out next year. Valiant Heart Coming Home was announced for mobile. And then we have the best mobile award, which went to Marvel Snap. And I think I was able to correctly guess the majority of these winners. I think I maybe missed like three or four awards. This is one of the ones that I guessed correctly. I mean, it's just pretty obvious, you know. Um, them being up against Genshin Impact. Genshin Impact won last year. I mean, look, I, I, 
I don't understand why Genshin Impact is here again. Uh, I understand that, you know, maybe it's an ongoing game, but was there really no other mobile game that came out last year that could have been uh, nominated or, or put on here? I don't know. I just find it kind of weird that Genshin Impact is here yet again. Then we got an announcement that Vampire Survivors is releasing for iOS and Android. Pretty cool, addictive game, uh, really cheap on PC. It's on Game Pass right now. I would recommend if you're interested to get an, in any other format, you know, I, I downloaded it, just check it out iOS and eh, it, it just doesn't feel very good with the touch controls. You know, it doesn't feel as tight. And I feel like when it comes to this type, when it comes to this game, like a bullet hell type of shooter, you know, you need like good control for your movement, especially until you really learn about, you know, the evolutions of weapons and things like that. It doesn't really work too well on mobile, but the caveat is that for whatever reason, they made it completely free. They're not charging for it. Um, not sure if maybe this upcoming expansion, I think it's Moonlight something, maybe at some point it'll hit iOS and they'll charge for it. Maybe that's how they're thinking of making that money back. But as of right now, there it's completely free and it looks like the entire game is free and there's a lot of game in there. So definitely check that out. Uh, then we got the Best Fighting Award and that went to multiverses no surprise here when i talked about this during the nomination episode of camp koji i talked about that multiverse is going to win because it did you know this category is like a popularity contest i don't think a lot of media really play fighting games um you know even though it probably should have went to king of fighters um multiverse is the one that 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 uh that wins this is kind of one of those categories I feel like should be reevaluated because I don't think the media should be voting on fighting games. I feel like it's a very niche genre and it's one that I would not expect. I guarantee you the majority of media that are voting on this, um, this category have not played all of these games. And they just don't really have the knowledge to vote on here. And then I don't say that insultantly. I wouldn't have the knowledge to vote on here either. Like I, I wouldn't pick myself to vote for this category because DNF, JoJo, King of Fighters, I didn't play those. I can look at them from afar and say like, yeah, it looks like this one could have won or should have won, but I wouldn't stake a, a vote on it. And to show you the, you know, how detached this media is from fighting games. One of the nominations was Sifu, which made absolutely no sense. So yeah, this should be reevaluated. Then we had the esports awards, same as every year, just kind of part of the rapid fire. Um, it's, I, I don't know. To me, I just feel like just get rid of the esports stuff. Like part of me understands why it's in the game awards. But then the other part of me is like, it just, it, it feels like it's never given a proper platform. I feel like it's never really given this proper respect. It's always rapid fire. We never get to hear from the people who win. It, it's such a throwaway that I don't understand why don't you just completely throw it away and just get it out of the show. Or if you're Keeley, put together like a, a, a really small, you know, esports focused stream. You know, I, I, I don't know. Uh, coach went to Bazooka, team went to, to Loud, which is Valorant, athlete went to Yay, e event went to League of Legends again, so they've won three times in a row now, 
Uh, so once again, just like this, this kind of course is not even interesting, like, you know, three times in a row. And at best, East Forest game went to Valorant. And then uh, we got Hellboy Web of Word was announced. That looks pretty cool. Uh, four games were also shown. Post-Trauma, Viewfinder, Scars Above, Relic Hunters, Legend, which look like, look like indie games. All of them, uh, Post-Trauma looked really dope. It's like this silent hill type of looking game that looked kind of cool viewfinder looked amazing if you like puzzle games definitely check that trailer out there was an among us new game mode called hide and seek announced and then there was this really interesting looking game coming spring 2023 called after us which i was very interested in i thought it looked really cool and then we got a new look at replaced that's that side scrolling pixelated blade runner looking type of game that uh xbox had announced i think during one of their e3s is coming to game pass one of the few indies that i feel like xbox had a, has identified that i think a lot of people are responding to and getting excited about um and then we got uh best family aka the nintendo award um which went to kirby and the forgotten land and this one was presented president doug bowser came up um to receive it doug bowser amazing guy one of the one of the coolest people uh, that I've ever worked with, even if it was briefly. Um, but this is one award that I feel should not be given out to someone on stage. And the reason why is two things. Number one, this award shouldn't even exist. This has been notoriously the Nintendo Award. I believe I've done the calculations. I think with this year's win, I think they've won seven of the last nine years. They didn't win last year. I think that, that went to It Takes Two. But Nintendo is really the winner of this award. In this one category, they have four spots out of five. For the life of me, I can't understand how Jeff and his team can look at this category and see that it's consistently every year dominated by Nintendo and continues to claim that this is, this is an okay award. It's completely unfair. It doesn't make any sense. I've said this many times. When you say best family, it's up to a family to define what a best family game is. It's not up to any of us. It could be a violent game. Like this, there's no doubt about it. Like, and it's just weird. Like you could have put Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in here. Hey, that's multiplayer, four players. That's a you know you could play that together as a family. It just doesn't make any sense. So to have Nintendo come up and once again speak about getting this award, I would have rather given it to someone that would have been a surprise. Maybe we don't know who the winner is. For example, uh, this is definitely one of the, the oldest horses that have beat to death when criticizing the Game Awards. This award should not exist. Then we got a trailer for Street Fighter 6 dated for June 2nd. This had this was unfortunately leaked by PlayStation. I think the day before the Game Awards, there was actually a lot of leaks, uh, specifically towards dates, and I'll point those out um, for stuff at the Game Awards. Then the show finally started, and we got Al Pacino who came out to present the statue for best performance. This was obviously a surprise because Al Pacino really doesn't have any connections to video games, probably. The closest connection is there was a Scarface video game, but he did not voice Tony Montana. So uh, it's kind of cool in terms of like uh, in, in the realm of actors, you know, it is one actor giving the award to another actor. So I guess in that vein, it's like, okay, it kind of does 
makes sense. But, you know, when someone shows up at a Game Awards and one of their sentences is, yeah, you know, I don't really play video games, then there's a part of me that goes, why is this person here? As much as I love Al Pacino, uh, I'm such a huge fan of his work. Um, it, it just makes me feel, why is Al Pacino here? It's like bringing someone to present something at Oscars and they say, well, you know, I don't really watch movies or someone's presenting at the Grammys. Well, you know, I don't really listen to music. You, you, know, you understand how dumb that sounds, right? But for some reason, you know, it happens a lot at these Game Award shows where you get celebrities that come up and they'll say, you know, uh, yeah, you know, last game I played was Pong. And it's almost like this this joke or, or something like that. Uh, or, you know, I really don't really play video games. It's like, the, what are you doing here? Why, why are you guys bringing these people? Uh, it's just, it's just, yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of weird. Um, so Al Pacino, uh, I felt like he rambled on kind of a bit uh, before presenting the award. They finally presented it to Christopher Judge, who voiced Kratos for God of War Ragnarok. I spoke about this. And I, I said that it was either going to be Judge or Sonny Soljic, who played Atreus in God of War Ragnarok. I would have given the slight edge to Sonny just because of the material that he was given, just because of the growth that his character has shown Uh throughout Ragnarok uh, and some of the situations that they they sort of put him in. I think he did a, a really great job. Um, but, you know, I was outvoted and Christopher Judge won. This was one of the highlights of the night, but it was unfortunately a negative one because Christopher Judge talked for, I, I didn't time it, but it felt probably like 10, 8 to 10 minutes. It was way too long. Um, and it's unfortunate because I felt that Christopher Judge talked himself out of a great moment. Because during his speech, there was some, you know, amazing things that he said, um, him speaking about his, um, the person he's been acting beside, Sonny Soljic, his admiration for his work, um, him talking about the fact that he almost quit until Corey Barlaw convinced him to stay, um, the fact that he had doubts about even reading for the role originally, um, so there were a lot of great moments there. It's just unfortunate because I felt like he talked himself out of it to the point that the only thing that people were talking about was, um, you know, how long he spoke and not his spectacularly glorious golden suit that this man wore. Um, and I, I honestly don't blame Judge. I blame the producers of the show. They should have played that walk it off music way earlier. It took them way too long to start playing that music. And yeah, sometimes you have to be the bad guy, but I don't think Christopher Judge did it on purpose. He was just caught up in the morn, uh, in the moment, and it's up to the producers to remind this presenter, like, hey, you know, this is your moment, but you extending your moment, you're taking moments away from other people, and that's unfair. And I guarantee you that's not what Christopher Judge wanted to do. So I feel like, you know, sometimes they need a reminder. And for whatever reason, the producers waited way too long to play that, okay, start wrapping it up kind of music. But you notice that once the music started getting a little bit louder, that's when he wrapped it up, right? He got his reminder. So I don't blame Judge. I definitely blame the producers. Then we got one of the biggest announcements of the night, Hades 2. And this is a huge announcement for a couple of reasons. Um, but the biggest one being that Supergiant rarely, or excuse me, never has done sequels. And it seems like the team has not ever wanted to do a sequel. It seems like they were always interested with putting something out. 
and then you know working on uh something different and something new which i've always loved and respected about that team so i think first of all i I was just i was excited you know the moment that i saw it graphically i immediately was thinking hades but i thought maybe it was some sort of like expansion or dlc or something like that i did not expect to be hades 2 until that that title came up at the end it is going to hit early access on pc next year i'll definitely be there i did not do early access when it the first one released um but upon playing it i was like wow i definitely have been missing out on one of the best games that came out that year so i'll definitely be there for early access i hope it releases on all the other consoles simultaneously i remember last time it was like switch and then playstation and then i think finally came to xbox um and then at, at, I believe it went to Game Pass day one. So I, I hope that they're able to, you know, put it on everything at the same time. Um, but yeah, I mean, it looks amazing. I, I, I think there were some people who were disappointed. I, I saw some comments saying that they, they sold out, like, which I think it's like the dumbest thing. Like, oh, you know, this Hades 1 sold millions of copies. So that's why you guys are making a sequel. No, I believe that they're making a sequel because they, they spent a lot of time crafting this world. And I believe that that team realized we have more stories that, to tell, the, or excuse me, we have more stories that we want to tell within this world. I believe that's why we have a sequel, not because, you know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to compare these guys to, to Activision and think we're going to get a new Hades every year. That's not going to happen. It, it really is, you know, hey, we have more stories to tell, so we're just going to make a sequel. That makes sense. Then we got uh, the trailer for Judas, which looks like the Bioshock spiritual successor. Ken Levine is heading the studio. He was the original creator of Bioshock. Um, I'm kind of conflicted about this because on one hand, the world that they showed very much reminded me of Bioshock in a way of like, wow, I want to explore explore this world. They, they've done such a great job of showing me something that's very familiar but also looks very different um and, and just mysterious and once again just a place that you want to walk around in and figure out what the hell's going on but the conflict in me comes from the bioshock part where i'm like okay the combat itself it just kind of looks like bioshock and to me that was a little bit disappointing even some of the animations the hand going on fire i was like man this looks almost like directly ripped from Bioshock and there is a, a, a Bioshock in development so I just felt it was kind of weird and jarring that it looked so close to it. Bayonetta Origins was another surprise that's coming March 17th 2023 for Switch. Really like the visuals on this like a storybook watercolor type of visual and, and a way to present um, cutscenes and information. I thought that was kind of cool but definitely surprising that we're, we're getting more Bayonetta Definitely want to have seen that coming. Uh, we, there's a new trailer for Destiny 2 Lightfall, which is their next big expansion. That's coming February 28th, 2023. That looked really cool. Then we got the award for Best Debut Indie, Neon White, Norco, Stray, Tunic, or Vampire Survivors. And the award went to Stray. I think I had wanted Vampire Survivors to win. I thought it would be kind of cool. But I think I had said that I think Stray's going to win, but I honestly don't really remember. There was a new trailer for Suicide Squad. We got a date, finally, May 26th. And they announced that Kevin Conroy uh, returned to voice Batman 
for this game, um, which I was very curious about whether or not he was able to record or excuse me, they had asked him to record for this part because, you know, this does take place in the Arkhamverse and he was the Batman of the Arkhamverse. And, um, you know, it's looking like this is his last performance uh, since he unfortunately passed away a few weeks back. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to cry. I mean, I, I feel like the moment that I hear this man's voice in this game, I'm I'm going to cry. And I think I'm going to cry even more because he's Batman is really manipulated. So he's supposed to be evil in this game. Ugh, I, I think it's going to crush all of us. Then we got a trailer for Last of Us Part 1, officially coming to PC March 3rd, 2023. Then we got Best Adaptation, which is a brand new award to the to the, the to the game awards. And that went, no surprise, went to Arcane League of Legends. I remember I was saying it's either going to be between Arcane and Cyberpunk, but I gave the slight edge to Arcane and it pulled through. Then we got Star Wars Jedi Survivor officially announced for March 17th, 2023. This is another game that leaked, I think, a while back. The name of it leaked. Uh, the date was correct. I think the leak was first half of next year. And then I think like two days before the Game Awards, Steam unfortunately leaked the date for March 17th, 2023. Uh, this is interesting. I think it shows, um, you know, EA really has trust in this, um, in this property that they would give it a, what is this? A five month marketing window or so, you know, I think it's more that they trust that they don't need to drag out, you know, two years ago showing a CG trailer and stuff like that. Uh, I've spoken many times before of how much I love these type of rollouts from companies that I think we need way more of these where a game is announced and within a six month window, hopefully if everything goes well, right? There are no delays. We actually have it in hand or even if there is a delay, it's usually a, a shorter one, you know, two month delay or something like that. I would much rather have this, especially as a fan of Fallen Order. I was such a big fan of that game rather than two years ago at E3 see a CG trailer of Jedi Survivor. You know, it, it just wouldn't have been as satisfying as seeing actual gameplay right now, right? Not just a full CG crap fest. And then finding out, hey, within six months, we'll be able to, to play this game. I wish more and more companies did this. Then we got a look at Earthblade, which is the next game from the team behind Celeste. That's coming 2024. That looked really cool. We got a Dune Awakening uh, trailer. Forspoken had announced that a demo was uh, going to be released. I haven't tried. I downloaded it, but I haven't tried it yet. It looks like the views are mixed. Um, I'll, 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 I'll see for myself. Then we got one of the other bigger announcements of the night, which was Death Stranding 2 um, was announced. This has been rumored for quite some time, but we found out that this is the game that Kojima has been teasing for some time with the who am I, where am I, how, or something like that. All these little posters that he's been putting out uh, with different actors. All that, it seems, has led to Death Stranding 2. In typical Kojima fashion, super weird trailer, uh, you know, it kind of looks like Fragile is the main character of the story. She was the focus of the trailer. 
Um, so it kind of sounds like, you know, you're, you're going to be walking around with a live baby this time. Um, we'll have to wait and see this probably could be BB from, you know, the end of the original death stranding. Uh, my, that would be my guess in terms of, you know, who this baby is. And I guess fragile and Sam have been raising the baby together. I mean, you know, we'll have to wait and see, but then yeah, at the end there was like a octopus baby and you know, it, it was a, a, a Kojima trailer. Uh, this is a PlayStation 5 exclusive, it looks like. Uh, once again, obviously, this is not coming to Xbox because it's built on the Decima engine, and it looks like Sony is publishing it yet again. Um, it'd be interesting to see what happens with the PC version. I can't imagine that there won't be a PC version, but I'm curious as to who's going to publish it. Will it be 505 or will it be PlayStation? PlayStation is now much more comfortable in publishing PC as compared to back in the day. Um, they have... There is... Um, what do you call it? Experience with the Decima engine on PC. Horizon was ported over to PC. So um, unless 505 has something in that contract where they have first right of refusal or something like that, or Kojima already signed to publish with them, I would assume that PlayStation will be publishing this. And I would assume that maybe Kojima will be more comfortable with PlayStation publishing on PC, but you know, we'll have to, to wait and see. Best narrative that actually went to God of War Ragnarok. Uh, I think I had guessed this was this should have gone to Elden Ring because I was like, you know, you can build your own narrative, and I thought that was kind of cool. But this actually went to God of War Ragnarok. Tekken 8 gameplay was then shown, which I thought looked really, really good. Then we got a few more rapid fire awards. We got best art direction that had gone to Elden Ring. Um no surprise there. Best VR AR. This is one of the one of the ones that I got wrong. I thought it was going to be Among Us. It actually went to Moss Book 2. Then we got Best Sim Strategy. That went to Mario plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope. Best Community Support has went to Final Fantasy 14. So Final Fantasy 14, that is a team that I would have liked to have been on the stage to receive an award. They won two. They won best community support and best ongoing game, I believe. Um, and yeah, this is one of the teams that I kind of go to myself. I'm like, yeah, well, I would like to, to hear from them. You know, when, when you look at the show and you look at how many people are able to go up to a microphone to talk, it was Sony Santa Monica. Like <laughs> it literally was almost all of it was uh, representing God of War Ragnarok. God of War Ragnarok won not just the, the biggest awards outside of the game of the year, but the awards that were being presented, God of War was winning them. And, you know, that's what I mean in terms of, you know, the, the, the show had two musical performances, you know, I would remove one of those musical performances in order to give away a few more awards and let people come on the stage. You know, there was this segment, uh, you know, and it, yeah, I'll admit it was kind of funny, right? With animal from the Muppets coming up to talk. I don't know what it is with, you know, Jeff has quite the obsession with Muppets. <laughs> I think it's like the third year in a row. This man just loves Muppets. To the point where I think I've said this kind of before, where I sometimes feel like 
a lot of decisions that Jeff makes are a little bit self-serving where it's like, man, I love the Muppets. I want to put Muppets on stage and we're going to have a conversation. It's going to be funny and, you know, all this stuff. But then it's like, is that better than what we're here for, which is giving away awards? Like I would rather remove a segment like that in order to have someone else come on stage and, 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 and talk, right? <laughs> and, and actually get their award and um, receive the appreciation that has been given to them that night. And I think Final Fantasy is one of those that has been very present throughout the last few years at the Game Awards in terms of nominations and no, now winning. It's like, I would love to hear from more people outside of Sony Santa Monica you know, during this award show. We got a new trailer for a Nightingale, which looked really cool. Baldur's Gate 3 got a new trailer that's coming August 2023. Then we got the um, the award for Games for Impact, and that was won by As Dusk Falls. Uh, I remember I, I didn't pick anyone here because, unfortunately, I didn't play any of these games, but congrats to them. Then we got a trailer for Diablo 4 confirming that the game is dated for June 6th. We got an, another Rapid Fire segment. We got Best Sports Racing. That went to Gran Turismo 7. Best Multiplayer went to Splatoon 3. Best Audio Design went to God of War Ragnarok. Content Creator of the Year went to Ludwig. This is another category which I feel should not exist at the Game Awards. It just kind of... Yeah, I don't think it really fits uh, with the overall subject matter. And at the very least, a few things. Number one, it should be 100% fan voted. Number two, this is definitely a pre-show award. Don't understand why it's given out so late in the uh, the process. It just doesn't really make much sense. Uh, and then we got most anticipated. No surprise there. That went to Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Another um, award that should be given out pre-show. I don't think this should be in the middle of the show. Then we got uh, a trailer for Horizon Forbidden West Burning Shores DLC that's coming April 19th. This was one of the pieces of content that was leaked. I think it leaked like two days before. Then we got a look at a pretty interesting game called Banisher's Ghosts of New Eden from Don't Nod coming in 2023 to all current gen consoles. And this one I feel like flew under the radar just because there was so much going on. But then again, also the majority of this trailer was CG and I feel like that took away from it. With the ending showing, I don't think a piece of gameplay, but more so like a piece of target gameplay, like what they expect the game to look like more than anything because it looked really, really good. Um. Yeah, this this looked really interesting. And to me, it's just really interesting because it's being developed by Don't Nod, which is the team behind Life is Strange, uh, the team behind Tell Me Why. So they're really about these story-based, choice-based choice based type of narrative adventures. And this looks very much like an action adventure uh, game. But then I kind of thought to myself, like, man, that that team creating this type of game, that is a very, very interesting mix. So I'll, I'll, I'm definitely going to keep an eye out 
or an, an eye and an ear out for uh, for the future uh, of this game. Then we got the award for best action. That was Bayonetta 3 uh, was the winner for that one. Then we got some new footage for the Super Mario Brothers film. Kind of a clip showing Mario with Toad. It sort of looks like it's something that takes place a little bit earlier in the story. When Mario first, first makes into the Mushroom Kingdom, we can see that Toad is sort of his guide into this world, which makes sense. You know, everything about this film, and obviously a lot of it, shout out to Illumination, but a lot of it is probably just Nintendo. You know, Nintendo remaining uh, in control of everything that they put into this um, film. Just when you look at that scene, I think more so than even the trailers, just because we got a, a very focused slice of what this movie is going to be. You really understand that everything was done with care. When you think of the sound, the the music mix was amazing. Um, the props, the backgrounds, you know, it, everything just really, really works. It just works. Uh, and I really can't wait for this. I know that some people are still complaining about Chris Pratt. Uh, the way I look at it, it's like, just, just get over it, man. Like, you're still going to watch the movie. Stop talking like you're not going to go see it. It's not, it's not a deal breaker. Like, people need to to stop, um, you know, continuing to bring it up. Then we got a trailer for Transformers Reactivate or Reactivated uh, coming 2023. I can't remember what it was. Um, that looked cool, but unfortunately it was all CG. So to me, I just shrugged my shoulders. Like, I, I you know, it, it's hard for you to, to, to get me to care about a, a, a game if it's like CG, you know, predominantly CG. Um, I thought at first that like this announcement that there was going to be like this single player narrative driven transformer story. And I was like, wow, finally, like I feel like that's something that that property has been missing in terms of it being translated to video games, but it doesn't look like it, it looks like they're saying it's like a one through four player game. And it's like, yeah, you know, that's not interesting to me, unfortunately, <laughs> like, you know, if it's a, if it's a narrative, uh, you know, I think a lot of people bring up Titanfall 2 in terms of like how to create a relationship between this giant robot and, and a human being. You can look at that for inspiration. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we, we really didn't get much um, information. It is being developed by Splash Damage. That's the team behind Brink for anyone that remembers Brink. And um, they also worked on Gears of War. So, you know, Unfortunately, not the most trusted developer out there, but yeah, it's not to say this is going to be a failure. I, I just feel like, you know, I want to see more. Then we got a video for a new game called Blue Protocol being developed by Bandai Namco and being published by Amazon Games. So this is Amazon's next title. They are calling it an MMO action RPG PC PS5 series x coming in 2023 this game definitely has a lot of potential obviously bandai namco uh, knows a thing or two when it comes to this type of game um, and then translating that into mmo these types of visuals this could definitely be huge you know as long as they stick the landing this could be become a really really big game then we got a few more awards. We got Best Score and Music. No surprise, went to Bear McReary for God of War Ragnarok. Innovation and Accessibility also went to God of War Ragnarok. So we got back-to-back -back 
you know, people from uh, that represent God of War being able to 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 go up on stage. Uh, Crash Team Rumble was announced coming in 2023. Um, that looks like a 4v4. Looks like a free to play game, but I don't, if it was free to play, I think they would have announced it. I'm kind of surprised that it wasn't free to play, but it doesn't look like it. That looks all right. Uh, then we got both best role playing game that went to Elden Ring. Unfortunately, this was part of like those rapid fire awards, um, which is like I said, another unfortunate thing because from software was only able to go up to the microphone once, <laughs> which, <laughs> which is because they won game of the year. So for example, something like best role playing, I don't feel like that's something that should be part of the rapid fire uh, segments, for example. And this is what I mean about they did a good job, but I, I feel like they still haven't achieved like a good balance of people being able to actually receive awards. Player's Choice went to Genshin Impact. That was that 100% fan voted award. I don't know why this is in the middle of the show. This should definitely be in the pre-show. Best Indie went to Stray. And to me, this was a problem. So indie titles have two awards in this show, best debut indie and best indie. I had brought this, I brought this up during the nomination episode, which is why is it that three games are on both of these categories? Why they're in debut indie and best indie? There's just no way you're going to convince me that in the entire year of 2022, we couldn't find more indie games to put into these categories it's, it's just not possible this is no way um and if something could go yeah it just it just look indie is already sort of a little bit of a footnote at the game awards but it's not a footnote when it comes to our industry there are many indies that come out that really dominate the news cycles when they release and for that alone they should have a bigger presence at the game awards so to me, if I'm making this decision between esports and indie, I'm going to pick indie every time. You know, if I'm not mistaken, the esports esports has their own award show. They do it a lot better. Just let them do it. Um, to me, I feel like should there be an expansion of indie? Should there be best action indie, best role playing indie, or or or, or something like that? Um, because once again, for there to be only two of these categories. It is very rare for a game, an indie game to be nominated in other categories. It's not completely rare, but it is a little bit rare. Um, why? It, it just doesn't make any sense then. Um, and I feel like it's a little bit unfair to watch one game win two of these um, in the only two indie categories. Then we got Best Action Adventure. Surprise, surprise. God of War Ragnarok once again. Uh, and then we got best ongoing game, which was Final Fantasy fourteen. Um, we got a, another trailer for a game called Crime Boss Rock A City, which was a very weird trailer and kind of a very weird game overall because it was it was teased by five oh five games for the whole week before the game awards. They were teasing this huge announcement, and lo and behold, it's it looks like a kind of a crummy game in my opinion. It, you know, the trailer did a very poor job of, of selling the game. I feel like it did a very poor job of telling us what the game is. I had to go to the official store page to figure out 
what type of game this is. It looks like they, they call it a turf war shooter. And um, a lot of people comparing it to Payday. So it looks like it's very mission based doing heists and stuff like that. And, you know, I think that could be fun playing with friends. Uh, it is a $40 game. That's a red flag. It was 40% off if you pre-ordered it within the first two days. That's a red flag. I don't know who out there. Uh, you should send me your money because you're obviously very dumb with it if you're stupid enough to pre-order this game, especially after that one trailer without actually seeing any true gameplay. Um, there are so many red flags to this game. The fact that the trailer really focused on the celebrities, that to me is a red flag. Um, you know, 90s celebrities are not going to sell this, tell me this, this game. Um, there really was only maybe two of those celebrities that were on there are still relevant, uh, which is Danny Trejo and Michael Rooker. Those would probably be the only two. So Michael Batson, Kim Basinger, Damian Poitier, uh, Danny Glover, Vanilla Ice, even Chuck Norris, none of them are well-known nowadays. So it's like it's, a lot of them are relevant. Like I said, the only two are are Michael Rooker because of his work in, in recent Marvel and DC films. And uh, look, Danny Trejo will forever remain relevant. So it, it's just, you know, I just would not trust this game. Could it possibly be fun? I'm not going to sit here and say it's like a dud, um, you know, DOA, but I... I would never, I would not trust this game. Uh, and, and then I found out that this developer, uh, I'm not sure what country they're from, but this is their, it looks like this is their first game. I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't 100% trust it. Then we got the award for best game direction and that went to Elden Ring. So finally Elden Ring gets to come up to the mic uh, before their game of the year um, award. This was well-deserved. I had talked about that. I think this should have gotten best game direction. Wait, hold on. This was the one that I was saying that they should, they should definitely win best game direction. Not the, not, what was the other one that they were best narrative? No, I had said God of War is going to get best narrative. And I did guess correctly. The Elder Ring should have gotten best game direction. So yes, those were all right. Then we got a new trailer for Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty. Um, big surprise there was Idris Elba is now joining Keanu Reeves. No date for that, but still 2023. Then we got a trailer for Armored Core 6, Fires of Rubicon coming 2023. This was, I think, sort of leaked, I think, through some sort of like focus test or something like that. But still kind of a uh, surprise. I think it'll be interesting to see an Armored Core 6 uh, in you know, modern days because the last Armored Core was what, like 2010, 11, 12, something around, around that time. It's been, it's been a while. Um, and I think it'd be interesting to see how From Software approaches it now after all this success that they've had with their Soulsborne type of games. I don't think that we're going to see Armored Core go that way, you know, but I, I think it'll be interesting to see how they balance this game because I feel like Armored Core has always been like this hardcore simulation type of experience. I think that's why I never really uh, enjoyed it. But I think it'd be interesting to see if they do try to strike a little bit of a balance to to widen the net in terms of people that would find this game 
interesting. And then we finally got our final trailer, which was Final Fantasy 16, official date for June 22nd. And then we got the Game of the Year award. I'm liking that, um, you know, Joseph Farris came up to give out the award. I like that, um, you know, the previous year's winner is giving away this year. I think that's kind of cool. And uh, the winner went to Elden Ring. And, you know, I would like to say this was no surprise, but I think, you know, there was a little bit of a debate whether it was Elden Ring or God of War. I definitely said that it 100% deserves to go to Elden Ring. Uh, God of War Ragnarok is my personal game of the year, but I always say that, uh, you know, when it comes to the game awards, I think this is a time to be a little bit subjective and put away your your personal feelings and try to come to a conclusion in terms of, okay, which game actually did deserve uh, the game of the year, and it, it definitely should have been Elden Ring. I know there's some people are like, oh, but look, God of War Ragnarok won all these other awards. How could it not also win? game of the year and i think within its respective award categories um i think it did deserve those 100 percent um and in the same way that i'm going to say that elder ring deserved game of the year um it it just was the game of the year it was the game that we talked about for almost the entire year it gave so many amazing moments um the actual game itself I feel like was one of the um, few evolutions over the last few years in terms of open world, in terms of taking something that's become so familiar, kind of overused, I think, in our industry and refreshed it in a way to bring it back to what open world is really supposed to mean, which is, yeah, you can go in any direction that you want, but I think the most important part is that there always is this air of mystery and agency and surprise. And you don't know what's going to be, you know, over that next mountain uh, range. And I think that's something that open world games have really been missing to the point where, you know, I feel like a lot of studios choose open world and they don't really even know why they chose open world. I remember bringing it up for, for Ghosts of, of Tsushima. That was a cool game. Um but one of those one of those games I was using an example of like why is this game open world? The developers didn't even have a good answer for it, to be honest with you. Oh, so I could find twenty foxes to lead me to a tree. Like, is that why? Is that why this game is open world? It, I, in my opinion, it didn't really work. So to 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 see a game take this genre that once again, like I said, have, has been overused and really you know put it through this evolution, that is in my opinion deserving of game of the year so it definitely went to the right person without a doubt i think in terms of pacing this show is one of the best that they've put on for the last few years i think there was a good balance last year i felt like there were way too many ads way too many commercials and look when it comes to this to the game awards um i'm already comfortable with this understanding that this show can't exist without trailers. Like I, I get it, right? That's that's how you pay the bills. That's why a good chunk of the audience comes to watch this show. They want to see the new announcements. I understand the need for them. Um, I just feel like we need to find more opportunities to actually honor the gaming industry. I still feel like this show is not hitting that mark 
And once again, I think it's just like a lot of these small decisions. And I think there are there there is room for things that could be cut in order for something like that to um, to happen, whether it's I don't know, like I've talked about some categories being cut out, some, you know, some categories that should be um, shortened, should be fan voted, um, meaning it could be. It, you know, if it's a fan award, something like what's the what's the one that they did? The um, player's choice, for example, you could give that award out on Twitter. If it's fan voted, let the fans control the announcement of it. Like that's something that shouldn't even have to be part of the show um, or it should be in the pre-show. Removing the esports awards will be another good chunk of time. Say there, there are there are a lot of things that could be done, but I feel like there still isn't this focus on our industry. You know, I, I still feel like that's a problem with the show. Um, the industry icon award for whatever reason, not being here is baffling to me um, because I feel like it's so important for people to understand the, um, the, the, the history of, of our industry and, the men and women that created the things that, you know, we now take for, for granted when it comes to uh, video games, um, you know, given a lifetime achievement award to someone like Jerry Lawson, who created the cartridge, like, you know, these small things that I feel like could be put into the show in order to really bring it back to what's the point of this show. And I feel like that's, that's what's been lost throughout the last few years is I think we're losing the point of this show. And the point really is supposed to be for Jeff and his team and for us as fans to use this one night to show our appreciation for the people that work so hard to create these video games. And I just don't think that that's what, that's the point that comes across through this show. Um, and it's a show that focuses more on the future, more so than focuses on you know, this year, for example. Um, yeah. But with that being said, it was definitely the best show they've done the last few years. The other um, stories, I guess, that dominated, yes, the kid who uh, ran up during the game of the year, I still don't understand how security allowed that to happen. But I think the other thing was Xbox. A lot of people were disappointed that Xbox uh, had missed the show. I think that, you know, in this industry, and I also kind of sometimes blame, uh, video games media is we, for whatever reason, always find something to be angry about. And we always try to, and I think there's like a social media problem too. It seems like we always try to extract the negative out of any situation instead of focusing and talking about the positive. And I think one negative that definitely could be taken out of this was where was Xbox? The reason why I feel like people are creating a story that doesn't really exist is because number one, why are you entering into the game awards with this expectation? Xbox did not indicate they were going to be here, right? Xbox is notoriously not really even a part of the game awards. They're, they're, they're barely even nominated, right? And why they're not nominated? Xbox doesn't really publish many games. Xbox is not a good publisher. We've known about this for quite some time. So 
Yes, I understand the Series X was announced at the Game Awards. Do you want to know why it was announced at the Game Awards? Because it was the perfect start to their marketing campaign. If there's nothing here, it's because Xbox has absolutely nothing to say. They have nothing to show. So what would you have them do? Xbox is already in a bad place as a publisher. Would you want them to take... Hey, uh, Starfield, take time away from Starfield in order to create a Game Awards trailer. Hey, you guys working on Redfall, take time away from Red. Hey, you guys working on Forza. Hey, you guys working on Hellblade 2. You know, it just doesn't make any sense. You know, if you can't make it work, then why the hell are you going to force it? And I think I had brought this up with Ed Boon and NetherRealm announcing, hey, we're not going to be at the Game Awards. I feel like we've unfortunately gotten to this point where because of games media, because of social media, we blow things out of proportion. And for whatever reason, we create expectations that weren't supposed to be there in the first place. Why are you guys expecting Xbox to be here? They're barely ever at the Game Awards, right? Um, they've shown once again that as a publisher, they're not very good. Like it's okay. I think the only people that say Xbox are great publishers are Xbox fans. That's it. Right, even PlayStation was barely here. The only reason why PlayStation was here was what Returnal, Last of Us, and the Burning Shores DLC. What do those three things have in common? They're coming out in the first quarter or close to the first quarter of 2023. Same thing, they had like a short horizon VR trailer. All of that makes sense for their marketing plans. For, for Xbox, it doesn't. The only thing that we know about Xbox is that Starfield and Redfall are ready to release at some point next year. Do we expect any of those in the first half of next year? No, it doesn't look like it. So, uh, excuse me, in the first quarter of next year. So it just doesn't make any sense for them to be here. I'm sure at some point they'll have their own little showcase next year. And it looks like that's what they're, they're gearing towards doing. But I'm getting so sick and tired of us creating problems where there are no, like we're, we're literally creating problems out of thin air just to generate content and have content to put up to, to, to put out there, whether it's media writing their articles or like, I get it. If you're an Xbox fan, I understand your disappointment, but your disappointment shouldn't be, wow, where was Xbox at the game awards? Your disappointment really should be targeted at where's Xbox. <laughs> like, where's, where's this publisher that bought up over that, that now owns over 20 studios and for whatever reason still can't get games out. But the reason has already been existent to us for quite some time. They suck as a publisher. They're not very good. They're not good at managing these studios. They really pale in comparison. They're a candle in the sun that is PlayStation. And, you know, even Nintendo, right? They pale in comparison to those two. And I brought this up before about their acquisition to Activision Blizzard. That was the one big negative that I brought up. Now you're bringing in even more studios <laughs> under that umbrella and they're taking on a much bigger workload, over a thousand employees, you know, and even some of the smaller studios, Compulsion Games, for example, where the hell is the Compulsion Games game? Like you guys can't even manage this small studio to get their game out. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's your beef is not with where's Xbox, the game wars. It's, it's with Xbox. This week's hot releases, December 13th, Crisis Core, Final Fantasy VII Reunion. PC, PS4, PS5, Switch, Xbox One, Xbox Series X. Neon White is coming to PS4 and PS5. High on Life, PC, Xbox One, Xbox Series X is also coming to Game Pass. December 14th, we have The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt Complete Edition. PS5, Xbox Series X. 
September 15th, we have Azure Striker Gunvolt 3, PS4, PS5, Choo Choo Charles is coming to PC. And then December 16th, Resident Evil 7 Biohazard Cloud Edition coming to Switch. Now it's time to wrap it up. Stories we didn't have time to get to. Microsoft announced first-party games are rising to $70. No surprise here. I'm probably one of the few pe people that understands why or, or is kind of okay with games going up to $70. I still think that depending on the game, when you think about Elden Ring, for example, you think about games like God of War Ragnarok, I think they are worth that $70 price of admission. I think more and more, we just have to start looking at these games, wait for reviews, don't pre-order and really pick and choose which games are really worthy of your $70 because there's going to be a lot of games that are not going to be worth it. But no surprise. 300 QA SCAF at Zenimax Studios announced that they will unionize with the Communication Workers of America. So uh, definitely a big shout out here to Microsoft. They kept to their word. They're staying out of the way. It seems like they already are, you know, getting ready to recognize this union if and if that that uh, vote does pass. So uh, yeah, sounds great all around. And finally, Diablo 4 staff are claiming periods of crunch by a Washington Post report. We're at the point where they're not willing to delay the game anymore, so we all just have to go along and figure out how much we're willing to hurt ourselves to make sure the game gets released in a good enough state, which is obviously very awful to hear. They also are reporting that Blizzard's using the company stock bonuses and a $25 DoorDash gift cards to encourage staff to work longer to get the game done. Like this is one of the few things that uh, is a positive if these studios are now being run by Microsoft. It doesn't look like Microsoft has a crunch culture. It also seems that they don't have a culture of, uh, God, how do I put this without being mean about it? They also don't have a culture of, you know, hitting any target. It looks like they're just too, it, sometimes it feels like they're too lenient in terms of getting these games done or their direct, their directors are just awful or something. Something's going wrong over there when it comes to creating games. Why are they taking, they shouldn't be taking this long. Um, but yeah, it, it's just unfortunate how many games we have to publicly hear about um, crunch culture going on and happening. And, you know, you'd never want to hear from anyone saying, we have to figure out how much we're willing to hurt ourselves to make sure the game gets released. That's, that's just awful. I think, I think a lot of us would just rather, you know, uh, the game get delayed. Also shame on the Washington post for putting out this story right before the game awards, very poor placement. I'm sure a lot of people missed this story. You should have waited until after the game awards. Finally, shout out, shout out to Asobo studios. Over 10 million players have taken over 500 million flights in Microsoft flight simulator. And also shout out to IGN staffers affected uh, last week. Multiple people were fired during what the company is calling restructuring, which is corporate speak for we're going to fire a bunch of people. So best of luck to them. Hopefully they land on their feet quickly. Thank you guys so much for joining me. Please follow us on Twitter and YouTube at Ken Koji for future updates. Once again, I'm Joel and I'll see you all next week.